everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in all things crime katie weaver hey katie how's it hello. going hello well it's going i apologize for our lateness it was entirely my own fault technology tried to thwart us and we won that's right by god right. <laughs> we will not be yes. shut up <laughs> we will not technology does not know how long we have been at this and how much we have been uh troubleshooting for years on podcasting so just oh yeah don't even try it don't even try it no right well welcome to the show this is our wednesday night case update show and i know we always say oh my god we have so many updates but we really do like there's a oh, lot going on some good news in some cases that we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. we're going to put at the very front of the show all of our mormon related crime so it can go on our mormon misdeeds podcast too so that you know people that are listening just for that stuff can get to it first yeah. we have so we have so much guys man so much where to begin i know let's begin with the uh everyone's favorite jackass uh tim ballard mm. we've been talking about tim ballard for a while now tim ballard is the guy that um was part of the uh um operation underground um child trafficking uh, organization in Utah, anti-child trafficking. Yeah. And, uh, well, we know some things have been coming out that are not so good about him. He, uh, he's been in some trouble. He, uh, stepped down from Operation Underground Railroad this summer. He also stepped down from, uh, Glenn Beck's, um, trafficking organization. And there'd been some rumors of flying. And now we have some like genuine, information mm -hmm. but i'm gonna tell you that the best way to do that is to share a little press conference and some news that happened with him just today to tell you about the lawsuit that's been filed against him from five women who allege sexual harassment slash assault and coercion from him so we're going to start right off with this uh press conference because i think it's just the best way for you to get a feel for what's going on here yeah so i'm going to share my screen right now so y'all can see this we are going to do a full episode on this uh next week for mormon misdeeds and it'll be here for everybody as well um breaking down the uh 84 page filing of this lawsuit mm -hmm. but let's just start with this ongoing story involving tim ballard and the nonprofit he founded operation underground railroad we've learned both ballard and operation underground railroad and others are now being sued in a utah court it's a story fox 13 news investigative team has been following for three years now, but it wasn't until about a month ago that new allegations of sexual harassment 
came out against Tim Ballard. Then, just a few weeks ago, an attorney for the woman accusing Ballard spoke publicly alleging sexual assault and fraud by the man who was supposed to be rescuing people from human trafficking. Tonight, Fox 13 News has its hands on that complaint, and we've been combing through its dozens of pages. As Fox 13 News investigative reporter Nate Carlisle explains, the women suing Tim Ballard and OUR contend those trips they took with him overseas were not what they appeared to be. This is a photo of talk show host Glenn Beck with M. Russell Ballard of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and Operation Underground Railroad founder Tim Ballard. The two Ballards are not related and Tim Ballard is the only man in this photograph named as a defendant in the lawsuit. Among the plaintiff's claims, Tim Ballard used the Mormon faith to manipulate people. I'm the bad guy in the story. I'm the bad guy in the story that rescued over 7,000 women and children. Tim Ballard has denied any wrongdoing. Neither he nor representatives of Operation Underground Railroad, or OUR, returned messages seeking comment Monday. The five women say they are Utah residents who worked with or for OUR. The rescue operations typically involve first-class travel for OUR personnel, the lawsuit says, and in strip clubs and massage parlors, Ballard sometimes drank alcohol until he passed out. Our involvement with Operation Underground Railroad was rooted in our commitment to fighting against human trafficking. But while engaging in that noble cause, we were subjected to sexual harassment, spiritual manipulation, grooming, and sexual misconduct. The suit described the couple's ruse where Ballard and a woman he selected would go undercover. The women say the ruse became a means for sexual grooming, that Ballard would share a bed or shower with them. The women described unwanted touching and coerced sex acts. One paragraph in the suit says, Ballard would insist that the women stay silent about their alleged sexual encounters with him because if they told anyone, it would put everyone's lives at risk. On the ops mission, it was necessary to save the trafficked children and because he was blessed by President Ballard to be future president of the United States and then the prophet of the Mormon church. The behavior of Tim Ballard crossed the line and these women cannot remain silent. The plaintiffs say OUR and its board learned of Ballard's behavior, but it stayed silent in order to make money earlier this year from the film, The Sound of Freedom, which dramatizes Ballard and the rescue missions. The five plaintiffs are asking for damages to be proven at trial. Their attorneys are playing a news conference for Wednesday. In the studio, Nate. But guys, he was going to be the president of the church and the president of the United States. Christy, you are muted. Dang it. It's insane. And this is only a tiny bit of what is being alleged. Oh. Um, if you don't know, uh, there's this prophecy. It's a Mormon prophecy. It's called the White Horse Prophecy. And the White Horse Prophecy prophesies that there will be a Mormon man rise to the U.S. presidency to save the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And everybody thought that was going to be Mitt Romney. It wasn't. When the country is hanging by a thread. Yes, when the country is hanging by a thread. So next, apparently, in line was Tim Ballard. Now, as you know, the Mormon church 
very famously now has completely separated themselves from Ballard. Um, John DeLynn on the Mormon Stories podcast has it on very good authority that the Mormon church has in fact excommunicated Tim Ballard. Uh Uh, It's pretty clear they've had some heads up about what was coming. Well, people in Tim's ward are saying that he is no longer showing up on their rolls, which is essentially what happens when somebody is removed. His wife and kids are there. He's not. not. One of the things from that brief that really caught me. So Mormons don't drink, right? But they were pretend drinking in, you know, these foreign countries to trick the traffickers. And they'd know if you weren't drinking, they'd be suspicious. So his... uh, solution was for the women to take a drink and then open mouth kissed him and just spit the alcohol into his mouth and then he'd hurry and spit it out later yeah for except sure. he was actually getting drunk to the point of passing out mm-hmm. so he apparently so missed out on a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar speaking engagement recently because yeah. he was unable to attend because he was inebriated yeah absolutely the other thing um, he was telling women is that they, the, <laughs> this one kills me. I, I'm starting to see now how the traffickers were boogeymen that may or may not have ever existed in some of these ops. Right. And one of the things that he said, or is in the second lawsuit, is that he was telling this woman who was married that the traffickers could smell their pheromones and so they both had to be genuinely turned on so they would believe that they were really husband and wife because if not then they would you know they'd smell a rat instead they were smelling tim's you know what i guess right. but so yeah. gross uh deanna deanna's like what did i just walk in on we're talking about <laughs> tim and the most recent accusations uh made against him in the lawsuit filed against him the thing I want to say, and we're going to talk, we're going to go through the whole thing. We're going to do a whole show, but here's the thing that you need to understand. Mormon women are very naive about sex, very naive, intentionally kept naive about their own bodies and about sex and what would be expected in public. These are not things that you would necessarily know growing up as a Mormon girl and woman. Mm-hmm. They're much more vulnerable to the um, pressures that he um, placed upon them. If you are not familiar with that, I want you to go to Netflix and watch a documentary called Abducted in Plain Sight. It is the story of a woman from Pocatello, Idaho, which is where we went to college. It's 50 miles from where I live. And about how a good member of the church who was friends with her parents abducted her and sexually assaulted her multiple times over many years. And no one really understood what was happening, least of all her. Uh Keeping women in the dark about a lot of stuff Uh is useful. And Uh Tim Ballard has taken advantage of that in a big way. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, that's what's being alleged here. So Uh we're going to talk a lot more about it, that there were actual practice sessions before they went on their operations Uh where they had to sometimes he would interview a woman to see if she could go on an operation for him. And she might have to give him a blowjob to prove she could uh-huh. as the as part of the op. But yeah. these women did it thinking they're doing what's there to help children. And, and I know it probably sounds insane 
to think that they didn't understand. But mm -hmm. I got to tell you, this doesn't surprise me. No. Being raised as a Mormon woman. Yeah. We definitely had to do a lot of our own research in our 20s because we didn't oh, yeah, anything. No, absolutely anything. not. But definitely watch Abducted in Plain Sight because it will explain a lot of this and why these women went along. Mm -hmm. Genuinely did not understand. Mm -hmm. And they were and him. And he had this backing of M. Russell Ballard, who is the president of the Quorum of the Twelve. He's like fourth in line in mm -hmm. power in the Mormon church, which is very uh, revered. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the fact they said that he was blessed by Ballard, which in the Mormon church, giving yeah. blessings is a big deal. And right. only men can do it. And they hold the power of the priesthood. And they give people blessings and make all of these promises to them. Right. And he apparently gave Tim Ballard, or at least Ballard says he did, uh, that uh, the Apostle Ballard gave him a blessing claiming that he would, in fact, be, this kills me, the hubris of this is insane. It is. Both the President of the United States and the President of the Mormon Church. But that's the Mormon and dream, guys. pause and go... Because hmm. we're bringing Mormonism to everyone. And that's Tim Ballard's whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's kind of got, uh, you know, thinks he might be Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Thinks he might be bringing Mormonism to the entire world through sex trafficking work. Uh, it's real delusional. But boy, are we seeing um, the inside of the inner circle here. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. Watch for a whole episode on the filing next week where we get into all of the details. But I could not hold back. We had to talk about mm -hmm. this now. 100%. And Katie, speaking of talking about our, you know, local Mormon-related crime, let's mm -hmm. talk about everyone's least favorite funeral director, Lance Peck. Oh, you guys. Remember finally. last week, Lance Peck, he was finally going to head to court on those 63 misdemeanors that he had for all of that horrific stuff that he did in the downward funeral home situation. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just go find the episode. We did a huge episode on it when this happened. Yeah. And it's just too gross to even want to say today, but he is the worst. Yeah. It's been two years now. It's actually been two years and two months since this all happened. And we have been waiting for felony charges forever. Forever. And they promised filed, them promised by the them. prosecutor in in uh, uh, Bannock County for yeah, a while. Absolutely. So the first thing that happened is that there was a... Sorry, I'm quite sure there's someone at my door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that your doorbell or is... Mm -hmm. the... <laughs> my doorbells are ringing. Uh, yes, your doorbells are ringing. I believe that what happened uh, initially... Or, well, we know what happened is that a year ago, the day before the statute of limitations gave out, they actually gave, they charged him with 63 misdemeanors and said there's felonies coming. But there was an enormous amount of evidence to sort through. Uh, and we're talking about de decaying bodies. We're talking about uh, cremains that had no home. to identify these folks. Mm -hmm. like so a bad. lot of things had to happen. And so essentially, uh, it took a whole year from then. He was supposed to go to court last week. Finally, uh, jury, you know, choosing was supposed to start. <laughs> Sorry, dogs had me rattled. Uh, jury selection <laughs> was supposed to start. 
And the day before, they vacated. And we're like, what the, the hell? The whole trial. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't reschedule. They vacated for now. An and we were like, what? There has to be felony charges coming. There has to be. Well, ding, ding, ding. Finally, Yay! boys and girls, Yay. finally Lance Peck is going to face felony charges for what he did. Now, you're not going to be happy, but I'll explain to you why. So the felony complaint is for fraud, it's for grand theft, and it's for tax stuff. Now, if you are astonished that it's not for abusing all of those corpses in Idaho, that is not a felony. That's where right. those 20 or 63 misdemeanors come from. So here we are now. Uh, there's finally felony charges. And those misdemeanors, they didn't go away. They're just wrapping them all up in the same bread basket. So it is happening. So Lance, I hope you have the day you deserve. Absolutely. And I bet we see some law changes in Idaho based on this. Because the... the um, prosecutor has struggled really hard to find things to be able to charge him with. Yeah. We all know this is horrific. We all know. I mean, we know there's a horrible thing going on in Colorado right now. We're not going to talk about it. But Colorado is supposedly known as the wild, wild west when it comes to funerary services because they don't even require you to be licensed or have any education to be a mortician. So they're even worse than we are. But I think that there are some things probably coming down the pike in state legislatures based on these cases because this horrible stuff is happening and then there's not much they can do about it. It's taken them two years to figure out how to charge Lance Peck with felonies. This dude needs to go to prison for what he did to his community. And that's been a little tough to even make happen. But Absolutely. It's so happening and we're glad. Excellent news. Now, Lance, of course, is also a Mormon. And when this happened, people in his church ran to his defense saying, yes. Lance is just a really good guy that just got overwhelmed. He was just doing so many free things for needy people that he just got underwater and just couldn't get back out. And, you know, of yes. course, Lance was the good guy. He was the hero in the story. Mm -hmm. No, no, he was not. Not at all. But yeah, we did see a lot of Mormons circling the wagons around mm -hmm. this guy for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, that's so gross. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm just really relieved that he's going to get some comeuppance mm -hmm. here. You cannot just treat people's loved ones like this and get away oh, yeah. We cannot allow that. I, I went to get a blood draw. So you're, you're stuck, you know. And the girl mm -hmm. who was drawing my blood was telling me all about how those fetuses, because there were 50 fetuses there that were supposed to have been cremated, we didn't know in the beginning where they came from. Now we know they actually came from Idaho State University from one of their labs, and they were just supposed to be cremated and never were. He was just saving them. But well, his he crematorium said, blew up, and he didn't bother telling anyone and couldn't afford to fix it. And yeah, we were still taking yeah, on cremation cases. Yeah, but ISU had given him those uh, fetuses like a year before that. He just hadn't True. done it. But anyway, but before we knew that, we just knew there were 50 fetuses. This girl drawing my blood tries to tell me, Lance is in my parents' ward, and he is the nicest person. And all of those fetuses were from unwed mothers that were just, like, having abortions and miscarriages. And were just bringing those fetuses uh -huh. to him to cremate for free. 
That's the story that was going around. Utter bullshit. Typical of our community bullshit. Well, and and like Amy said, you know, how many funeral homes would have reached out and helped if they knew he needed help? They would have, but he would have lost revenue because as soon as this happened, several several places reached out, did funerals for free, did the cremations, dealt with everything they possibly could to help to help these families get their loved ones taken care of. They would have done that if he had reached out and said, look, I'm in big trouble. My crematorium blew, blew up. I, I've got all these bodies. I'm in big trouble. I need help. He would have had help. Sure. But he didn't but, want to uh, lose the revenue of what he was taking on. Right. And he was being He's paid. Trash, He'd man. been paid for a lot of cremations that he didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and it's true that, you know, a lot of people actually, you, you actually have the option. You can witness a cremation. And at this point, I'm thinking that might be a good plan just mm -hmm. to be sure. We have seen so many of these funeral home cases since Downard Funeral Home happened. I can't even tell you how many we have seen come up through the news of other absolutely horrific things happening. You know, shining light on tons of lack of regulation, um, which we need some major law changes. And like Amy said, and we all know Amy is wonderful. Amy is studying to actually be a mortician, which I think is super cool. Um, but uh, we know there are no federal laws protecting anyone. So this is all state by state. Clearly, we live in a wild, wild west state. Colorado is even worse than us. Um, apparently, when funeral home directors lose their license for bad behavior, they just go to Colorado and, and, and open up a funeral home there. That's a known thing. Big yikes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So all we can say is... You suck, Lance, and we're glad we're not going to have to see your dumb face for a long time. Yeah. Well, all right. Shaprizen. Well, Shaprizen. Shaprizen for Lance. Well, let's get to another of our uh, Mormon criminals that we all need to talk about. We haven't talked about this guy for a while because it's been taking forever for his case to make it through the court system. This is... Uh, Oh, James Craig, James Tolliver Craig. He is from Colorado. And he is accused of poisoning his wife with arsenic. You may remember this case. We covered it quite heavily when it first happened. Um, and then there's been a huge delay because he just barely pled not guilty on these charges. Yeah. What this the is hell? taking forever to go. Yeah through the courts. So his wife, Angela Craig, she was 43. She died on March 15th after she'd been hospitalized several times for severe headache and dizziness. Uh, this was in Aurora, Colorado. And then when she died, they discovered that, oh, she had been poisoned with arsenic. And he'd been trying uh, to kill her for a while and was messing around with the dosage. Now, they have like the proof of him ordering the arsenic, buying the poison, you know, they have so much on this guy. Mm -hmm. His trial is coming up in April of 2024. It may happen around the same time as Chad Daybell's trial, but we will well, definitely- Well, it probably will, because that's our luck, and it's all about right? us. <laughs> well, right. Uh, but finally, you know, he did brilliant stuff like 
search on his work computer or, or somebody else's work computer, but in his practice, uh -huh. top five undetectable poisons that show no sign of foul play. How many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human? And on YouTube for how to make poison. So he is a real stable genius. Mm -hmm. He, we know, is a Mormon. Uh, he mm -hmm. was he was either the word clerk or he was the president of the elders quorum. And I can't remember which it was, but we had confirmed that he is in fact a Mormon and uh, was in leadership. Now, yeah. And was in Mormon leadership mm -hmm. at the time that he uh, is, you know, accused mm -hmm. of murdering his wife. So we're going to, I'm really glad to see this finally moving through the courts. It has just yeah. sat with nothing forever. And they have so much evidence against him. He is very stupid to go to uh, trial on it. Honestly, there's so much, but we will, um, we will be following that closely because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Mormon crime, my friends. And mm -hmm. you know, Mormon crime, murdering, murdering spouses has gotten to be a scary, scary thing in Mormon yeah. crime. They would rather kill their spouse than face the humiliation and the disciplinary action from the church on getting divorced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paula, you reminded me, that's right. He tried to get no autopsy because he didn't want her poked and prodded after death. Chad Daybell, anyone? There's a lot of Chad Daybell. Oh, yeah. Whispers with him, also with Ballard. Like, you can really feel the, the Mormon man energy in mm -hmm. those situations. For sure. Yeah. Really creepy. So, Katie, our last Mormon-adjacent update is Nick Alaverdian. So yes. tell us what's going on with everybody's least favorite felon, Nick. Well, Nick, uh, yeah, is a former Mormon as well, mm -hmm. as you know. And Nick, of course, um, we finally received word earlier this summer that the sheriff that was hearing his case, his extradition case in Scotland, had finally agreed, yes, he really is. Nick Alaverdian. He's not Arthur Knight, uh, the sad little He's also not Nicholas Rossi. People keep saying right. Rossi. That is, his legal name is Alaverdian. Mm -hmm. Rossi is his stepfather's name, mm -hmm. not his. But Nicholas Alaverdian. Uh, so, so we've been waiting for the official extradition order that actually had to come from a judge. Well, that was signed last week. And we went, okay, we're going to see you in Utah, bitch. Here we come. Well, mm -hmm. not so fast. Not quite. He has now been arrested again. He, I don't think he was ever released, but arrested and charged with rape. Now, we've heard about this rape before, but there hadn't been charges yet. But now he right. is officially charged in a rape that happened in 2017, right after he went to the UK and pretended to be dead. Yeah. And so... And, and this happened in England, and we wondered if this was ever going to happen. It was actually one of the arguments of his defense was that he can't be extradited because there's allegations that he raped somebody here in the UK, and he hasn't even been questioned on that yet. So we probably better keep him here. Boo. Well, yeah. now there are official charges. So he may not be coming back to the U.S. as quickly as we were hoping. This Dang, may very so well ready to go to his that. Right, because they don't want to give him up and, and you know extradite him back to the U.S. 
just to extradite him back to the UK. So he's probably going to stay right. put right now and be tried. And if uh, Lucy Letby's trial told you anything, trials in the UK take even longer than trials in the US. So we don't know what's going to happen. But he is finally officially charged with that rape. And good, because his victim from London deserves justice. Most definitely. But Most his victims uh, here in uh, Utah deserve justice too. So I yeah. really hope that both of those things can happen. I'm hoping that the countries just pass him around until they've convicted him of all of the bullshit he's done. Because, you know, innocent people don't fake their own death and run to another country. They just don't. Just saying. But, you know, allegedly for educational purposes only, as we all know. Yeah. Oh, they're retrying Letby on one count next year. Good. Yes, they are. Because, yeah, they didn't quite get her Lucy Letby on everything, which I think is really great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much. Okay, let's talk about um, Ellen Greenberg. Ellen Greenberg was murdered, and I'm just going to say murdered because we all know she was in Philadelphia in 2011. Stabbed to death. She, Her case is the case that was stupidly ruled a suicide. I want to show you a couple of, just so you know, these are kind of graphic. They are not crime scene photos. They are reproductions of her crime. But the the whole dumb story here is that she took a kitchen knife and stabbed herself to death in the chest and in the back of the head and in the back. Ridiculous. Well, her family has been suing to try to get her case investigated as a murder she was they just lost that case unfortunately so now they're appealing they also have a civil suit going on this is all going on in philadelphia well something that just came to light is that um after she when her her crime scene was a complete nightmare it got cleaned up rather than investigated because they just were sure it was a suicide because stupid yeah corrupt i don't even know well, the knife that stabbed her to death was never tested for fingerprints. Never tested, guys. It to was buried in her chest. Yeah. Buried. As if she would have had the strength or ability to do that after stabbing herself a gazillion times already Yeah, about the head, neck, and face. Yeah. And it never occurred to anybody to look for fingerprints. You've got to be kidding me. So the family is calling for it to be tested. If if it's got nothing on it, then it's been wiped. That's suspicious. If it was her, it should have her fingerprints, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's got somebody else's. I mean, this case drives me absolutely nuts. It pisses me off so much. But let me show you um, these re these uh, this reproduction that's been done by an expert of reproducing her injuries. I want you to look at that. They say that she did all of that to herself. And every knife just represents a stab wound. So all of those in her chest, back of her head, and back of her neck. Can you imagine being able to do that to yourself? And these were deep wounds as well. Deep, they, they weren't. Wounds. Here's another. Just laceration. This is where some of the other wounds were. You know, some of them were deep, some of them were shallower, but I mean, it was serious damage done to her body. And they legitimately want people to believe that she did that to herself. And even now, 
the city of Philadelphia is coming out saying that they are, their hearts are with the family of Ellen Greenberg and they will do everything possible, blah, 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 blah. It's such shit because this case has been fucked from day one and continues to be. But her parents, man, they are dogged. They are not giving up. Mm-hmm. They've got quite a bit of support behind them now and investigators and, you know, other like crime scene people and stuff that are helping them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the bottom line is whoever killed her is out there living life. No consequences. Yep. And, and why did no one give a shit that somebody murdered Ellen Greenberg in law enforcement? Why was her crime scene and her investigation botched so badly that it may never, ever be solved at this point? Because the forensic evidence was cleaned up. I mean, they didn't even test the knife for fingerprints. I mean, that's like crime scene 101, the murder weapon, Mm -hmm. just to be sure. What if her fingerprints are not on it? Yeah. Like you could, they could have been sure right in that moment. Mm -hmm. And yet they didn't. Yes. Spinal cord was cut. Exactly. So I'm sure after you've cut your own spinal cord, you can just keep on stabbing yourself. Right. Well, sure. Ridiculous and gross. Right. There were a couple of stab wounds that were post-mortem. Like, there is just no way any of that could have been done by her. So that's what's going on in Ellen Greenberg. Um, That revelation is so fucking aggravating to think that they didn't even bother to test the knife. That's how little the police gave a shit about this. Yep. And yes, they did allow some of her fiance's family to take her laptop foul the crime scene just they did come in and fuck stuff up yeah because the first thing they thought when they walked in that door was suicide i mean who are these idiots but there are questions about you know there were associations with the police related to her fiance and there are lots of questions yeah so that continues to march on and for that we're glad uh, Katie, um, some stuff happened with Carly Russell today. You want to tell us about that? Oh, Carly Russell. Do you guys remember Carly Russell? I hope you don't. Yeah. She's just not even worth being memorable. But this is the girl who faked being kidnapped a while back, said that there was a little child walking down the highway and she stopped her car to save the kid and then she disappeared and remember we we were all duped for a minute maybe some of you weren't I really was and then of course discovered you know I think the next day or two days later the next day evening she just walks up to her parents front door just wanders back on home yeah and finally uh you know law enforcement came to the conclusion that she was just a big damn liar and that's what happened so we've been kind of waiting to see what was going to happen because she was charged for that. And we've been waiting for that to uh, move through the courts. So it was two misdemeanor charges for falsely reporting to law enforcement and falsely reporting an incident. There was a manhunt for her. I mean, it was a huge waste of resources. Oh, man. Yeah. The whole country went looking for Carly Russell. I mean, it was yeah. all over social media. It was. Now everyone's yeah. pissed. Yeah, totally. Because, uh, hello, we have real victims out here that need to be searched for and need to be believed. 
And then we have this asshole that does this. So she did plead guilty, but she's been found, or she, sorry, she pled not guilty, but she has been found guilty by a judge who is recommending up to a year in jail and a fine of $17,000. And an appeal has already been filed. And of course, uh, her parents have enabled her bullshit to the nth degree. And now she is out of jail, awaiting, and she's been out of jail, just awaiting for her uh, appeal to go through. Carly, you're done. You're done. You're just wasting the court's time and your mom and dad's money at this point. Right? Well, and I mean, taking no responsibility for her choices and what she did and what she put her family through, what she put law enforcement and their community through. It's just sick. Her job, her friends. Yeah. Yeah. There's concern that she won't really do any jail time, that she might get some probation or something because this is a first offense. I'm more concerned about the money more than anything. I mean, the, the resources used to find her when she wasn't missing at all. That's awful to do to your community. What a waste. Well, and just the, the stigma that it creates, you know, yeah. struggle already with women being believed Mm -hmm. about all different kinds of crimes that are committed against them. And then you have a woman really fake one. Thanks, Carly Russell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. So I hope she gets a little time for it. Yeah, I really do. Well, speaking of women doing bullshit, let's talk about Caitlin Armstrong. <laughs> Remember Caitlin Armstrong? This case has been around for a little while, but this was in 2022. She's accused of killing uh, Mariah Wilson, who was a cyclist. It was like a love triangle kind of thing. And she murdered the other woman, basically, or she's accused of murdering the other woman. So she is in prison uh awaiting trial and uh she she ran from the country actually when after after the murder like she she went on the run for a while before they caught her and got her back but today uh she was taken to a doctor and was with the police with you know like the prison staff or the jail staff or whoever and tried to make a run for it in austin texas can you even Second time. Jesus, lady. I mean, you're going to have to come to terms with what you've done here. Yeah. Um, She didn't get very far. They got a hold of her, restrained her. It was over pretty quickly. But yeah, I mean, we'll see if you... Yeah, her trial is about to start. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we'll see if you get to go to any more doctor's appointments, idiot. But where did she think she was going to go? She gonna use Dressed her sister's like that identity again? Handcuffs on, yeah. right? That's right. She used her sister's identity before. Yes, her trial is starting at the end of the month, and now mm-hmm. she's. This does not look good for her, mm-hmm. Caitlin Armstrong. Well, the second time, at all. Yeah, because the first time was when the crime was first committed. She didn't escape right. from the police. She fled the police. No, and she just fled. Made them for a hot minute. Yeah. Right. So I mean, they already knew she was a flight risk. Oh yeah. But holy shit, she really proved that today. And a pretty capable one, too. Yes, yes. Uh, Katie, there are some small updates in the Brian Koberger case, the Moscow murders. 
Can you yeah. Tell us about that? A couple of things. So they had uh, requested his, the defense had requested uh, to delay the case and they wanted to pause the case. And the judge has said, no, we're not doing that. He said, it's too premature. There's no reason for it at this point. And his team is now saying that they, they'll decide if they want to file another motion to put the trial on hold or if they're okay here. But uh, basically on July 17th, they filed a motion to reconsider order staying time for speedy trial. On July 25th, they filed a second motion arguing that uh, only 32 jurors appeared in court when 45 should have been present. See, they're trying to say that there were uh, problems with the uh, selection of the grand jury. Right. And they wanted time to prove that. So basically the judge is saying, we're not giving you any more stays here. We're not giving you any more time. We are marching forward. There's just no reason for it at this point. But the other uh, information that came out just today is Fox News 5 Atlanta and others are reporting that there's evidence that the two roommates that were not involved uh, or that were not murdered were both awake and texting during that time. Yeah, and see, we had been led to believe that they were asleep. Mm -hmm. Well, but then we, yeah, but then the one girl said she was in the hall and saw him and just went back to her room and shut the door. Right, that she heard something. They're saying they were both awake. They were both on their phones during that whole thing. So four people were stabbed to death in the home in which they live at 4 a.m., and they were both wide awake and playing on their phones. And And went unscathed. mm -hmm. Really fuels the fire for people who feel like they had something or that maybe one of them had something to do with it. There's, there's been some, you know, there's been some talk about that. You know, there was Koberger asking if anyone else had been arrested when he was originally arrested. So there's a lot of rumors. We don't know for sure, but there are mm-hmm. questions. And uh, will we see this case next year? Lindsay wants to ask, wants to know for trial. I think it's possible. Yeah. Koberger by the has, end of next has year. Waived, um, he has waived um, speedy trial now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's possible. But the other the other thinking um, around this mm-hmm. is that they're just testing everything, testing the evidence to see if it's worth going to trial, because this is a death penalty case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still very possible that they will not go to trial if they can't get any inroad. And they have made none. The defense has tried a lot of different inroads to, um, you know, say that things are, you know, that were inappropriately done through forensics, the grand jury, all of that stuff. My jackass neighbor has just fired up his truck. I'm sure you can all hear it. He does this about 10 o'clock at night, every night. That truck doesn't drive. It must have a bad transmission. And so he likes to sit out in it and rev it until I might set off the siren on one of my lights to scare people. <laughs> I think the cops are coming because it's driving me nuts. Anyway. Yes, Christy, on, they were that. texting each other, yes. And that information came from Steve Gonsalves. I think it's really concerning. Steve needs to shut the book up. He, he is does. going on news reports. He's saying that he has uh, some intel from the grand jury, that uh, from people that were present for the grand jury. And he's going on interviews and just, you know, letting the stuff uh, slip and he needs to shut up. Steve, what are you doing? He do you does. want justice for your daughter or not? Because right. you're putting it in jeopardy right now. Right. Because there was a grand jury. So there's not been a preliminary hearing. So there is a lot of evidence that we don't know. 
what they have and it would best be kept quiet until trial. Is it not breaking the gag order? I mean, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do to the parents over the gag order. The gag order really covers the attorneys and their staff. Uh-huh. But he is, oh, Amy says, my neighbor is brothers with yours. Yeah, I had to call the police on this neighbor last week because of screaming and yelling and swearing going on in the driveway at someone. And he loves doing this. You can hear it, but that truck won't go anywhere. Uh-huh. It's crazy. But yeah, no, you're right. Him sharing information like that is really scary. It is. It's very foolish. Messing with the prosecution's case here. Mm-hmm. We want Coburger to go Coburger to go away. I mean, it's not like there's a question that he did this. If I were one of the other parents, I would be losing my mind right now about what he's doing. It's, in my opinion, it's incredibly selfish. Now, I am going to say that you just don't know how people are going to react to a tragedy like this. You just don't. And right. so it's, I'm, I'm hesitant to judge too much, but boy, this is really dubious behavior. Yeah, it is. Hey, that truck drove away. Yes. Maybe he Maybe he'll it. just keep on driving and never yeah. come back. He's moving. He's gone. Jackass. That was it. That would be great. <laughs> he should try yoga. It is a lot quieter. Agreed. Um, it's just scary that Gonsalves could be screwing up this case. I agree. Yeah. He needs to shut up. Yeah, for sure. He definitely needs to shut up. What else have we got here? Roberta Laundry. Oh, yes. You want to talk about her? This evil bee. Okay, so this is the case. This Gross, is the man. civil case that Gabby Petito's parents filed against Brian Laundry's parents and their attorney. Uh, because of the fact that they just allowed them to suffer. They allowed everyone to look for Gabby when they knew damn well she was dead. So they're suing yeah. them for intentional infliction of emotional distress. So today was day two of the deposition of mm-hmm. the laundry parents. And it's this is the first time that uh, the parents have actually like seen each other. Or, or the second time, I think. And, you know, oh. there, there's a lot of hate in the room for good reason. Yeah. And so... Roberta was deposed today, and there was a lot of questions about that burn after reading letter. There was, uh, apparently they have some new evidence that uh, isn't being discussed, of course, yet, but there were some questions about that. And basically what's being said about Roberta is that she was as cold as ice, showed absolutely no emotion, just was completely flat the entire time. But you guys want to know what that motherfucker drove? Any guesses? Any thoughts? Yeah. Just Brian's uh, Mustang. Just the Mustang. That was a big part of the investigation while Brian was missing. You know, while they knew Brian was dead. The one that was left in the parking lot at the nature Mm -hmm. reserve where his body was later found. Yeah. So gross. So I'm sure just to send a little message... She drove that to the deposition. Yeah. Awful. Awful. So afterwards, yeah. Afterwards, the the former attorney, Steve Bertolino, 
made a public statement and said, once again, there were no surprises on our side. And their attorney, the uh, Petito's attorney, is so sick of this shit. And he's right. made a statement. Regarding Bertolino's statement that there were no surprises on their side, of course not. They've been hiding the truth and refusing to give Joe and Nicole the answers they so desperately needed for two years. Bertolino makes it sound like it's just another day in his and the laundry's life, but it was an emotional, gut-wrenching, and eye-opening day for Joe and Nicole. They learned exactly what the laundries and Bertolinos knew while they were searching for any information on Gab Gabby but failed to disclose. The level of insensitivity of Mr. Bernalito is never ending. Yeah, never ending. Yeah. Just hideous. These are the grossest people on the planet of Earth. They are the worst. They really are. Yeah. Just horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple other things. Uh, Brooks Hauk. So Brooks Hauk has finally been charged in the murder of Crystal Rogers. This is an old... Um, a fairly old case. This is one of those, everybody knew he did it, but nobody, they couldn't manage to um, arrest him until now. He's been in jail being held on a $10 million bond. Guess who's staying in jail on a $10 million bond? Aww. Hauk. See, Brooks' Aww. brother, Nick, was a police officer at the time that Crystal Rogers went missing. Her body is still missing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is believed that he killed her, and that's what he's been charged with. Well, there are two other deaths, her dad, Tommy Ballard, and then um, a, another police officer who wow. were killed after her death, mm -hmm. that it is believed that there's like, that Brooks and potentially his family are involved in. Um, they did come forward and say that they found the gun that killed Tommy Ballard and guess who it belonged to? Nick Houck. Wow. That came out at the uh, at the bond hearing. So there's a lot of, I'm not saying anyone else is involved. These are all allegations. The other thing that was happening is that uh, Brooks and Crystal had a child. Mm -hmm. And that there's been a big custody battle around that child because after Crystal was killed, her mother wanted to take her. Mm -hmm. And they, she lost in court and Brooks was uh, maintained, you know, power over her. Well, now that he's charged with Crystal's murder, uh, grandma has come back and said, I want to take her. I am worried that she is not safe with the people who assisted him or covered up for him in some way, the murder yeah. of her mother. Interestingly, what's happened, she was initially denied and Crystal's mother was denied. But what that started was a custody battle where there was um, Brooks's mother filed for guardianship. And guess who just dropped her guardianship claim on the child? Wow. Brooks's mom. So it's looking like maybe Crystal's mom will actually uh, be able to take this child now. I hope so. Mm -hmm. This is so scary because it's beginning to look like um, this is the, the Hauk family is very wealthy. They're, um, kind of known as the Murdoch's of their community. If that tells you anything, the Murdoch's or whatever, this is in mm -hmm. Kentucky. And so they, they're called the, the Murdoch's of Kentucky mm -hmm. by a lot of people. And there's a lot of worry that there have been a bunch of things covered up 
in order to protect Brooks after um, Crystal Rogers' murder. Yeah. So a lot going on there. We may see other charges. We don't know. But we do know that uh, Brooks's mother is no longer fighting for guardianship of the grandchild. Yep. So I hope that child gets to go with mom's mom and get the hell away from these insane people. Because what the hell is happening here? And are there going to be other charges in these other deaths? Yeah. Because there might be. And I think, you know, that's scary. The daughter. Oh, it's a son. You're right. It is a son. I was trying to remember. It's a son and he's 11 now. He was like two when his mom went missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Just got a couple more things. One. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Major John Kaler. Why is that that guy's name? That is so weird. I, I hate it so he much. He is not a major. That is his first name. Major John. All one word. Major John Kaler. This is out of Kellogg, Idaho. This is another Idaho case. This happened back in June. Um the story is that uh, Major John and his family lived in like a duplex where like they lived on the upstairs part of the house and their neighbors lived on the main floor of the house. And there was an allegation made that the teenage son of the family that lived in the basement was masturbating in his window and um, that Kaler's children, two little girls, witnessed it. Uh -huh. So they called the police. The police are investigating, you know, doing what they do. It takes time. Yeah. Well, for reasons I will never really fully understand, the kids were out around that window and it happened again. And then someone kicked in their front door and shot and killed that boy, his brother, his mother, and his grandfather. Weren't mom and grandpa in the yard? No, they were in the stairwell. Oh, the stairwell. Okay. So he was arrested and yeah, major douche. Exactly. So he was arrested and charged with four counts of first degree murder. And there's a big fight going on right now about whether or not this is first degree murder. And there's just been a filing to dismiss counts one and two, which are the first degree murder charges of the mother and grandfather. Yeah. Coming from his attorney. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say that this was not first degree. But, I mean, he had to go get his gun, mm -hmm. make the decision to kick in their door. Not only that, he had to make the decision to not just kill the offending boy, mm -hmm. who we don't even know if he's guilty. We never, you know, he was never, right. you know, all charged, we know, let is alone, what... in, you know, convicted yeah. of anything. All we know is what Major John's family has said. That's all we right. know. And then he made the decision to murder all four people living in that home. Mm -hmm. That's what he's accused of. Yeah. And right now, disgustingly, they are trying to get the first degree murder charges dropped for the first two because they're saying that the prosecutor has not proved that this was premeditated. How could it have not been premeditated? He what? He had to decide to go and do it. Mm -hmm. there, there were threats. There was a lot of shitty stuff said. His wife has been all over social media when this was happening. Yeah. She should shut up and, and has been. Oh, she since. got gagged. Yeah. Yeah. So. She. This whole case has a huge gag order on it. It's. But you know, she's the, the one that said. And, yeah. 
She's the one that said she called Major John to come take care of it. Take care of it. Yeah. You know, it makes me think, this is just me talking, that there was a plan beforehand. If this happens again, I'm going to take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just really gross. That was just filed today. It's just, you know, the thing is, Idaho is a death penalty state. So if the first degree murder charges stand, it could be a death penalty case. Although I thought that they had already come out and said it was not going to be a death penalty case. So I don't know why. Immediately, almost immediately, they said they would not be seeking the death penalty. And we were all like, why? He shot and killed four people. In cold blood. The, Why isn't it the, a death penalty case? The 18-year-old boy, his 16-year-old brother, their mother, and their grandfather. Yeah. It's just the grossest. And, and the grossest part of it was that there were there was a bunch of support for him right after this happened. Oh, yeah. Like he was out killing a pedophile. No, he killed a kid who was masturbating in his own bedroom, by the way, while his little girls were running around outside this kid's bedroom. I'm not saying he didn't do it on purpose. Maybe he did. But does is that worth murdering him? No. No, it isn't. No. Not at all. So this case has been contentious as hell. And it's really weird to me that it is so contentious because it's very cut and dried. There is no question who commit these murders. It is not as though there are other people being looked at. There aren't. He put his gun aside and sat on the front steps and waited for the police to come. He did. He did. And so the contention around it is so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his children were present. Yeah. Wife and daughter saw him kill the mother and the grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. So it's horrifying. It's gross. I guess this defense attorney is doing his job, but I don't understand what i mean what what does he think he's going to get out of this that he'll get out of prison at some point if it's second degree murder god i hope not yeah i mean this guy has got some serious challenges to think that this is the way that you deal with a situation like that mm-hmm. he does not deserve to be so, in uh polite uh, society ever again no he doesn't and for the safety of the community he doesn't so he does have a trial coming up as well next year or no no it's not it's coming up closer oh is it it's it's a lot to keep track of january 2024 it is next year sorry but yeah it's coming up quite soon is when this trial is scheduled so if if it i bet it doesn't because that's less than a year from the time that this occurred although i don't think he's waived speedy trial at least not yet so we're keeping Um, an eye on the major john kaler murder situation but it's gross. It's awful. Mm. I have one more thing, but before I do that, Katie, do you have anything else? Did we get everything you had? Uh, just a little bit of info about the Murdaugh murders. Uh, oh. Yes. Lifetime made-for-TV movie that we're going to watch this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's happening on Lifetime. It is at 6 p.m. Mountain. Both okay. nights. So it's Saturday night and Sunday night. Okay. We are going to set up a stream here, just like this, only we won't mm-hmm. be here. We'll probably just have a video card or something for you to see. And mm-hmm. we're just going to watch it together and chat here in the chat room. Yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be a trip. <laughs> this is going to be a trip. If you've seen any of the previews to this, the casting is an absolute scream. It's so bad. Oh, you guys. Yeah. We're going to have a good time with this. 
Mm-hmm. So I discovered that my carrier does not have lifetime. Oh. And so the only way for me to see it is I am going to have to uh, do a free trial on another carrier <laughs> to get okay. lifetime for two nights. I to ask you about yeah. that because I, I have lifetime. Um, I'm just not 100% sure if it's going to show like it's it's the streaming lifetime. Will it show this? You know what I'm saying? So I have to right. figure it that may out not. Too. It looked like the streaming won't happen until the next day. Ah, okay. So we will so, have to figure that out. To yeah. Make sure that we can do it. Uh, but we definitely want to do that watch party. So we'll just be here yeah. chatting. So you have to watch it on your own. So figure out where you can watch it mm -hmm. and then come in and chat with us and we can laugh our asses off at how bad this is going to be. Mm -hmm. If you've seen the Lori Vallow Lifetime movie, you have a pretty good idea of how mm -hmm. bad it's going to be. Mm hmm. So the last thing that we have tonight is that it is the 30 year anniversary of Stephanie Crane going missing. Mm -hmm. That happened in 1993 in Chalice, Idaho. Of course, this is, you know, local to us. In 93, I was a senior in high school. Uh, and she literally just vanished off the street. I remember when it happened because it was super scary. People were absolutely terrified in our communities. Yeah. The little girl could just go missing like that. And she's never been found. She's, her body's never been found. There's just nothing. She just vanished. Uh -huh. So I wanted to just mark that because it's been 30 years. We've talked about Stephanie Crane before. We actually went to Chalice um, a couple years ago and did an episode about her. Yeah. Uh, what I'm showing on the screen right now is her missing poster with an age-enhanced photo of her at, at, at approximately 31 is when this was done. Mm -hmm. um, just to show like what she would look like now potentially if she in fact, you know, was kidnapped or trafficked or whatever and is still living. So just a lot of love to her family. Yeah. Many of whom have passed away. Yeah. Who didn't have not survived finding out what happened to her. And yep. it's one of those things where that is a very small, insulated community. I have always felt that there are people who know what happened to Stephanie Crane in Chalice, Idaho. Definitely. It, um, uh, it absolutely destroyed her parents. It destroyed their lives. It did. Everything went to hell for them after this. Yeah. yeah. Really, really sad situation. And to think that it's 30 years. And um, we still don't have any idea where she is. Oh. So we just wanted to say her name, show her picture. Mm -hmm. um, just remember her. Just think about her. Yep. Absolutely. So this is, of course, Wednesday night case updates. So we will be back Saturday night and Sunday night for the watch party. You'll see us schedule it as a live here on YouTube. So if you just subscribe and hit the bell so that you get notifications, you'll see those lives come up. So you can join us for a live stream chat while we watch the train wreck of the Lifetime movie about yeah. the murders. And then we'll be back next week with a deep dive into um, the Tim Ballard lawsuit. We're going to go deep into that filing. It's 84 pages long. We're going to tell you all about it. It includes all kinds of pictures and it, all kinds of stuff. It's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be some really um, interesting information. Also yeah. gross, but you know, 
because he's a pig. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into all of that plus a lot more next week. Absolutely. Do want to remind you that um, if you love what we do and you want to support us, there are several ways to do that. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com. Just go to just search True Crime Squad. We do two extra episodes for our patrons there every month. It's a nominal fee. You get extra content and help support us. You can join our um, our subscription here on YouTube where we do a special watch party once a month for just our members here on YouTube. And you can do that. It's also a nominal yep. fee, but it supports us. And if you just want to buy us a coffee or help us out, because we put a lot of time and energy into this and we put our heart and souls into it because we love it. Mm -hmm. If you go to our website, which is truecrimesquad.com, there's a way to buy us a coffee or to send us a tip on PayPal. So both are much appreciated, never expected, but definitely appreciated. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Y'all know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.